You're listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. We're in a series of teachings. That's something we do here at Refinery Church. We teach in series um, because we take a topic, we take a passage of Scripture, we take a portion of the Bible, and we we spend some time on it. It isn't just this one-hit wonder kind of thing. We want to say, hey, let's break this down. Let's unpack the things that God has spoken over the centuries. And so right now we're in a series called Full of It. And we have a theme verse, and I'm going to ask everybody in the room to read together this particular theme verse, and I think you're going to see what our theme and what our series is about as we read 1 Thessalonians chapter, uh, right there, chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Let's all read together loudly and clearly. Ready, begin. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Full of it is a series of teachings about taking a hold of a key that will do this. It will unlock joy, it will unlock peace, and it will unlock confidence in your life. And I don't know about you, but I need more joy, more peace, and more confidence, and most people do. And this principle found in Scripture is a key to unlock that. Today I'm talking about being thankful and having a thankful lifestyle. Thankful, meaning full of thanks. Are you thankful here tonight? Are you thankful? Can you think of something to be thankful for? Because if you can't, I'm going to be challenging you tonight that God expects us to have a lifestyle that's thankful. Where have we been so far? If you, uh, if you listen to any of our podcasts, you can go back on iTunes and listen to our podcast. We've seen that it is God's will for us to be thankful. That's what that passage of Scripture says. It is God's will that we would be thankful. We've seen that being thankful is the prelude, it's the catalyst to seeing God's power in our situations, in our lives. It begins with a thankful heart. And then last week, we learned how to develop a thankful habit, how to make thankfulness a habit in our lives. Not just something we do once a year, but something we would begin to work towards on a regular basis. Tonight, I want to focus on a few passages of Scripture that will demonstrate that God's expectation is that we would live a thankful lifestyle that it would be part of who we are. And I'm going to go all the way back to the Old Testament. So if you have a Bible with you, you might want to open up to the very middle of the Bible, Psalms chapter 50, and we're going to go all the way back to the Old Testament because there's something I want to show all of us. Uh, Everybody who's here tonight, I'm glad you're here tonight. God has something he wants to speak to you. In the Old Testament, God's people brought animal sacrifices to the altar as offerings. If you read the Old Testament, you're probably familiar with that. And there's a couple of reasons why uh, God's people would do this. One, the wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. The cost of sin is a death. That's, 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 that's the principle that we see here in, in, on this side of heaven. When Adam and Eve sinned, it ushered in death into humanity. So each person was born subsequently into sin. So God required an animal sacrifice, a death, to provide the temporary covering for those sins. It was done regularly. It was done consistently as a lifestyle of the culture. It was actually a visible demonstration of the cost and the necessary sacrifice for a sinful 
lifestyle. Because the wages, the result of sin is death. So a death has to pay for sin. The bigger reason beyond that was that uh, that there was a foreshadowing of the perfect sacrifice that would be coming. The death that would be paid for all of humanity's sin. That God himself would do that. So, So those animal sacrifices were a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ who would pay the price of sin and death. So I'm giving you a little context here because we're about to read something that some people will be surprised is actually even in the Old Testament. I'm going to show you that in the Old Testament, God values our religious rituals, but God really wants our heart more than our sacrifice of animals in the past and our religious rituals that we practice today. Let me read to you from Psalm chapter 50, and you're going to see where we're we're going with this. Psalm chapter 50, beginning at verse 7, God is speaking, and he says this, O my people, listen as I speak. Here are my charges against you. O Israel, I am God, your God. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you have constantly Offered. Everybody say constantly. Constantly. It was part of the lifestyle. But I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. For all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains, and all the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls? The answer is no. Do I drink the blood of goats? The answer is no. 14, here it is. So make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Check this out. Then, everybody say then. Then call on me when you are in trouble and I will rescue you and you will give me glory. Now, so many people think that, that, oh, in the Old Testament, it was all about the blood and the sacrifices. And the reality is we see here that God, what really matters to God. See, there's a place for the rituals. There's a place for religion. But those things are for us as reminders of the seriousness of sin. These sacrifices really were for us as a reminder. They were very visceral. They were very visible. As a matter of fact, um, on on Monday, depending on where you live, you may walk outside sometime in the afternoon and go, somebody's barbecuing, right? You can just just smell the, the hamburger meat on the grill or the steak, right? I mean, somebody's starting to get hungry right now. I mean, just saying this, right? Unless you're a vegetarian, you're going, this is disgusting. This conversation is gross already. You said blood three times. But most people are going to walk outside and go, barbecue. See, our olfactory nerves are very sensitive, and they stir up memories and sensations and actually can even make you salivate if you're hungry. Well, humanity was the same back then, and part of the burnt offering was to remind the people, all of the community they would begin to smell the, 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 the beef, the sacrifices that were being made, and they would remember, sin has a cost. There's a cost. There's a cost 
to a sinful lifestyle. You see, that's what these religious rituals were about. But see, what God is really after is God is not really after the animals. He's after our hearts. That's what God, that's what the scripture says. God is after a thankful heart. This is seen throughout the entire Old Testament. David understood this as the Holy Spirit inspired him to write these words down. I was meditating on this passage of Scripture this week as I was preparing, and I, I kind of got a chuckle because I was thinking, as I read verse 9, can we flip back to verse 9 really quickly there, uh, if, if you don't mind, Ken? Uh, verse 9, I was reading verse 9 where it says, uh, but I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens, and I kind of got a chuckle because I thought to myself, yeah, God doesn't need our bull. <laughs> he doesn't need our bull. All these things we bring to him, he's like, oh yeah, well, what actually God is saying is he doesn't need the animals. He doesn't need the animals. That's not what I'm after. I'm after you. And it's the same way today with our religious rituals. We come here every Saturday night. And this doesn't make you right with God by coming here on Saturday nights. What it does is it gives you that opportunity, it gives you the opportunity to grow in faith, to connect with others. It's for you. It's for you. God doesn't need your tithes and offerings. God's not up in heaven with some sort of heavenly accountant up there going. Yeah, how much did she give? Okay. How much did he give? That's not what God's doing. Our tithes and offerings don't go to heaven. They come here into the storehouse, the Bible says, so that the work of the ministry here on earth can move forward. We give out of our hearts, our tithe and offering, we give because it builds our faith. And it begins to, to break the hold of materialism. That's why we give our tithes and offerings on a regular, consistent basis. It's not for God. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. Now, what does this have to do with being thankful? Well, let me show you. We're going to jump over now into the New Testament. Jump into the New Testament so we can look at another passage that goes along with this one. And I think you're going to begin to see a little more revelation of a thankful heart. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Let me read it to you says this, Therefore by Him, that is Jesus Christ, therefore by Him let us continually, say continually, continually. there's that word again, continually, offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, so there's a comma, what is that praise to God? That is the fruit of our lips, comma, giving thanks to His name. Now let's break that. I want to leave that up there for a moment. I want to break that sentence down a little bit. It says, by him, Jesus Christ, we are to continually give sacrifice of praise to God. A sacrifice of praise. And that sacrifice of praise is defined right there. It says, that is the fruit of our lips. The sacrifice of praise is actually fruit. And it should be our first fruits. Because that's the kind of offering we bring to God. We don't bring our leftovers. We bring our first fruits. And the first fruits of our lips, according to this comma, is giving thanks to his name. See what that's saying there? Same thing it said in Psalm 50. The offering, the sacrifice that God desires is thanks. A thankful heart that, that flows from our lips and is like beautiful, delicious fruit. Notice it's a sacrifice. 
Because giving thanks continually is a sacrifice. Because it didn't say annually every November third or fourth Thursday in November on Thanksgiving. It doesn't say just once a year, does it? It doesn't say even once a day or once a month. How about once a week on Saturdays? That's when I can give thanks to God. I'll come, we'll gather together, and I'll lift my hands, or I'll stand there, and I'll just say, thank you, God. That isn't what it says. It says continually, doesn't it? Everybody say continually. 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 Right? It's ongoing. It's ongoing. How, how would it be if you decided, you know what, I don't want to breathe in and out so many times every day. That's a lot of breathing. In and out and in and out all the time, continually breathing. How would it be if you just said, you know what, I'm going to do that once a day. In the morning, I'm going to go, that's enough for me. I think within about two minutes, you'd be changing your mind, wouldn't you? Maybe less than that. Or you die. We breathe continually. So what God is saying is, what he's looking for is a thanksgiving continually. A sacrifice that's continually. And let me tell you why. Because, because I appreciate my daughter Rachel today was reminding me, and which was so good. She says, Dad, good teachers always tell us why. They don't just give us the what, they give us the why. Well, let me give you the why. Why do we do this continually? Why is God saying this, that we should do this? Because when we're thanking God continually, you don't have time to complain. You don't have time to complain because you're thanking Him. You're giving Him thanks. You're thankful. You don't have time to gossip because you're thankful. You don't have time to cuss or slander or speak harmful or hurtful words. Why? Because you're thankful. Because the fruit of your lips is thankfulness. And this can be hard. That's why it's a sacrifice. You see? It is hard because it's much easier <laughs> to complain. It's much easier to shout somebody down. Isn't that right? I mean, just jump on one of our five million freeways here in Southern California. And you don't, you don't just jump on the freeway and go, oh, thank you, God, I'm driving on the freeway today. Thank you, God, I'm in traffic. That is not how we naturally react, is it? Just the other day, I was heading to a meeting in Irvine, and I was on time. I was on time. I was headed down the 57 freeway until my lane stopped. And I stopped, and I was patient as I watched the cars in the other lanes go right by me. You've been there before, right? Why is my lane not moving? Click, 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 click. Get going. Here we go. Now this lane stopped. What in the world? My lane stops, and now the other lanes are moving around. Anybody ever done that before? i got to find the lane that's moving. So I moved over into another lane. Just as I moved into that lane, a truck from the opposite lane moved right in front of me and hit his brakes. Now I'm in front of a giant wall. The frustration is building up inside of me, and now I'm going to be late for the meeting. And I opened my mouth, and I was like, what? And I grit my teeth, and, and I just wanted to let my frustration flow out of my mouth. And I thought about today's message. I did, I, because I, this was just a couple of days ago. And I'm thinking about this message. And like the speed of light, it hit my brain. And just as I was saying, what? And I couldn't get another word out. And I was like, what a great thing to have a car. 
It's so good to have gas in my car. I'm so thankful for four tires that, that are good so that I can get to. I'm thankful I have a car today that's reliable. And I did. And I started, but the frustration wanted to come out. But as I started to give thanks, it began to change my attitude right there on the freeway. Thank you, God, for a car that's reliable. Let me tell you something. It wasn't easy to do. It was a sacrifice. I had to sacrifice getting frustrated and wanting to mm, call out at the traffic, that truck driver or whomever. Instead, I gave a sacrifice of thanksgiving. You know why? Because I want to be in God's will. I want to be in God's will. And 1 Thessalonians says that giving thanks in all circumstances is the will of God. When I'm not operating with a thankful heart, it's like I'm just a step outside of God's will. It's what the scripture's saying. I'm not saying this. I'm just saying what Scripture says. I want to be smack dab in the will of God. See, this is more than just having a positive attitude. This is a spiritual, scriptural, deep principle found in the Bible that if we grab a hold of it, we'll begin to see peace and joy and confidence that abounds in our life. Why is a sacrifice important? Why do we look at this scripture and say, and God says, it's a sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice to give thanks. Well, let me tell you why. Because a sacrifice demonstrates the value that you're putting in the person or the God that you're giving the sacrifice to. It attributes value there. If it doesn't cost me, Anything, it doesn't mean anything. Isn't that right? I don't go in my garage and say, well, Neil's birthday is coming up here and I'm going to go get him a broken wrench. That's what I'm going to go give him, a broken wrench. And I wrap it up in some, some tissue paper and a bag and say, there you go, Neil. I don't do that. That dishonors Neil. Neil opens that up. What the heck am I doing with a broken wrench? It'd say, it would say to him, I don't really care. Honestly. Honestly. No, I go and spend hard-earned money. I find out that Neil's a woodworker. And he, he likes things that are related to wood. So I do some research and I talk to Kiyoshi and I say, hey, what tools is he missing? What would he really like? And I go spend some money. And I get him a gift. I get something that costs me, Right? It means something when it costs something. When it's a sacrifice, then it places value. And when we sacrifice to the Lord, we're placing value on the Lord. We're saying, God, you're worth my inconvenience. You're worth me changing my attitude. You see, that's what worship is. See, the old English word for worship was worth-ship, right? That's what the old English word was. It was to bestow worth upon something or someone. It was worth-ship. Over the years, we've just shortened it to worship. So when we come here and we worship, we're saying, Lord, we're giving you worth. 
by sacrificing praise. Like, like, like James said, I may not feel like it, but in faith I'm going to declare that, God, I build my life upon you. You see what this is? God is worth going out of my way. God is worth coming on Saturday nights together regularly, fellowshipping and, and getting into his word and growing. God, you're worth me giving my time, my talents and treasures because you saved me. You gave me new life. You gave me hope. You gave me purpose. And I thank you continually for that. Take a look at what it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. It says this. And whatever you do. Everybody say whatever. whatever. That's not the teenage kind of version of whatever. You know that kind of whatever, right? Whatever. No, it's not that kind of whatever. It's the whatever you do. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative to the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do you do it? Let's all read the last part. Giving through Him to God the Father. Whatever you do. Whatever you do, give thanks. Whatever you say, give thanks. God desires that we would have a thankful heart continually. And that's the sacrifice that is pleasing to God. Uh, there's a pastor friend of mine. He's over at The Rock. His name is Pastor Carl. Pastor Carl is, I think he's in his 70s right now. Um, oh my goodness, I love being around Pastor Carl. And every time I see Pastor Carl, Pastor Carl goes like this. Praise the Lord! He comes over and gives me a hug. Every single time. I've known Pastor Carl for 18 years now. And every single... Praise the Lord. This man is so thankful. He is always praising God. Matter of fact, after the third or fourth time, I'm thinking to myself, does he think I'm the Lord? <laughs> no, he's just thankful. I mean, this is a man who's... I've never heard a complaint. I've known him for 18 years. I've never heard him complain. I've never heard him speak ill about somebody. The words that come out of his mouth are thankful words. And he's learned this principle to continually be given thanks. And the man has a joy-filled life. So tonight, as we begin to wrap things up, I want to give you four ways to cultivate a thankful lifestyle. And if you're a note-taker, now's the time to pull out your notes. Much in the same way last week, I gave you four keys to build a thankful habit. Tonight I want to give you four ways to cultivate a thankful lifestyle. The first two have to do with God. The second two have to do with the way we relate to each other. You'll discover that that's a principle found in Scripture. Jesus was asked, what's the greatest command? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love others, Jesus said. And so when I like to, when we work on these kinds of things, I like to say, Lord, how can I do this with you and how can I do this with others? Giving thanks upward and giving thanks outwardly. So the first two are this way. Number one, give thanks continually. Everybody say continually. It's what I've been talking about here. This is what the scripture is saying. Let it take over your thoughts and your words. Let it take over your thoughts and your words. A more joyful life is found when we are continually giving thanks. This pleases God. 
This is what pleases God. And it's not about feelings. I don't feel like giving thanks right now. It's not about feelings. It's about obedience. And God says, do this continually as a sacrifice. And watch and see how things begin to turn around in your life. Number two, give thanks specifically. Specifically. This is something I learned um, from, from some leadership people a number of years ago. Um, and, 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 and that's when you give a thank you note, it's important to be specific about the, the thing that you're giving thanks for. Isn't that right? Um, recently, uh, we went to a, uh, a wedding shower and we gave a gift uh, to the bride and the groom. And I was so impressed a few weeks later, uh, we got a note in the mail, a thank you note, and the bride had specifically thanked us for the gift. And that spoke to me. That said she really appreciated what we gave her. Why? Because she was specific. The least you can do is to say thank you. But the greater level of thankfulness is when you're specific. When you're specific, when your thoughts are focused on looking for a way to be thankful, then, then you're going to be more intentional. You're going to be more considerate. Now, it's hard, mind you, it's hard to get specific, especially when you're beginning to thank God. If I were to go around this room right now and say, okay, now I want you to thank God for something specifically, you'd probably start going, okay, let me think about that for a second. Thank you, God, for... It does. It takes thought to get specific, doesn't it? It takes intentionality to be specific. Now, here's the cool part. When you're specific, when you're thinking about the specific ways that you want to be thankful, now your thoughts are no longer on worrying. They're no longer on fretting and being concerned. You're thinking about ways to be thankful. You get it? Now I'm thinking about how to be specific about my thoughts. Max Lucado, who's a very famous author, said this, gratitude lifts our eyes off of what we're lacking so that we can see the blessings we possess. So when we're thinking specifically, we're, we're lifting our eyes off of what we lack and looking at what we have. And when you, when you think specifically, it shows the depth of your appreciation. I do this with God. When I was 10 years old, my family moved us from down here up to a town called Hesperia, what we called back then the boonies. It had like one grocery store. It had like one restaurant. Now, they've got a few more now. But I remember moving from down. They didn't have sidewalks up there. I'm like, how am I going to ride my skateboard? I was 10 years old. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was so mad back then. But now I'm specific when I say thank you, God, every time I drive into Hesperia, thank you, God, for moving me to Hesperia when I was 10 years old. Because it was in Hesperia where I met you, Jesus. It was in Hesperia where I met the love of my life here on earth, Leah. It was in Hesperia where we first got our daughter, Rachel. It was in Hesperia where I discovered my call to minister to young people. And to, to grown-ups and to parents. So now, I say thank you, God, for Hesperia. I'm specific about it. I do this with people. 
I do this with people. Somebody gives me a new pair of running shoes. I say, thank you for those running shoes. My old running shoes that are five years old is like I was running barefoot. Thank you that now I have some support. Thank you that now I can, get in sh- I can stay in shape. Thank you that now I can live a longer life. Thank you that now as I run, my heart is strengthened so that I can play with my grandchildren someday. Thank you for those running shoes. See how it is? When you start to get specific. And a matter of fact, the person who gives me the running shoes is like, man, I didn't even think about that. You're welcome. <laughs> you know? What are they going to feel like? Yeah, look what I did. I just made Pastor Kelly more healthy. That's right. That's right. Specific. Thirdly, here we go. And the next two continue to relate with others. Number three, forgive quickly. Right? Forgive quickly. It's very difficult to be thankful when there's bitterness on the inside. Now listen, you're going to get hurt. Maybe you're hurt right now. It's going to happen. But what you do with that hurt is up to you. And if you allow that hurt to fester, it becomes like an infected wound. And it can grow. And it can dominate your life. And you can't be thankful when you're bitter. See, bitterness and and thankfulness are like oil and water. They don't go together. So the solution is forgive quickly. Get it done. Get it out of you. Deal with it so you can be thankful. Listen to what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. I don't have it for the screen. Let me just read it to you. Ephesians 4, 26 says, Don't let the sun go down on your anger. God says, Deal with it today. Don't, don't, let, don't sleep on it. Because that allows time to fester in you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 through 25, Jesus says, If you have issue with somebody, leave your sacrifice at the altar and go reconcile first, then come offer your gift. You know what Jesus is saying there? That sacrifice of thanks, hold on to it and go deal with the issue first. Then come back and offer thanks. Because God knows how we are. If there's unforgiveness, if there's bitterness there, thankfulness cannot live. Thankfulness cannot exist. So forgive quickly. And number four is this. Judge slowly. Forgive quickly, but be slow to judge. Be slow to judge. See, a critical attitude is quick to judge. If you have that critical attitude, we talked about that a little bit last week. A critical attitude is quick to judge people. But when we judge too quickly, when we judge too harshly, we're actually doing the opposite of being thankful. Right? We're looking at a person and we're quickly judging them instead of looking for a way to be thankful. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2, he says, don't judge unless you want to be judged. The same way you judge others is how you will be judged. So Jesus is like, don't be quick to judge. What we need to do is look beyond the surface and try to see the heart condition or the situation. And that will help you be thankful for people. Because you know there's an old saying that's true. Hurt people hurt people. It's 
true. If you know a hurtful person, it's because they're probably full of hurt. See, that's why they're hurtful. Because they're probably full of hurt. And so instead of quickly judging, begin to look at their heart and begin to say, God, I thank you for the life of that person you fill in their name. You love them and you want them free. And so, Lord, touch their heart and set them free from the hurt of their past and the pain that they're going through. See, it's a different way. This is why God wants us to be thankful so that we can live the abundant life that he provided for us, not be trapped, not be in bondage of pain, not be consumed with bitterness, but free to be exactly who God's created you to be. So take a look at these four one last time. This is the way to cultivate a faithful or thankful lifestyle. Give thanks. Say it continually. Give thanks specifically. Forgive and judge slowly. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at wearerefinery. God bless.